This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. That part and Lord is blessing people in the house, but prosperity is when you live a pain free life. Last Sunday, we had an altar call for people in chronic pain, and that I know of that's just that I know of four people were supernaturally and miraculously healed during that time of worship. Glory to God. And the highest one person told the testimony that their leg was almost like their leg was dead. Ever since they were a child, they had to lift their leg up to get in the car and lift it to get in the bathtub and lift it to get in the bed. They had to physically lift their leg with their hand. And then on Sunday, they were lifting their both legs pain free. Then the testimony of another person, they start doing jumping jacks in church. I said, do something that you hadn't been able to do before. They start literally doing jumping jacks in church. Their child said, I didn't know you could do jumping jacks. They said, I didn't either until I started doing it. And I had two other supernatural healings of back pain. Let's give God some glory for the wonderful things that he's done. Oh, hallelujah to the most high God. I'm excited because God has given me a prophetic word and I'll be talking more about it in the coming days. And that word is we're in a season of upgrade. We're in a season of upgrade. So God is doing what he told me in the beginning of the year. He's given us better. He's given us greater. And he is going to astonish us. When I begin to contemplate and think about this word upgrade, because I've just given it to you the way God gave it to me, it has reference to increase, promotion, and advancement. It has reference to progression. It has reference to, well, we're moving on up. We're moving on up. In Jesus' name. Today I want to begin to share as we're coming to a close of the series on Shatter the Pattern. I believe I'll be able to do it in about two lessons because I know I have way more word today than I have time on the clock. So maybe two lessons will be able to culminate this and then go into the next thing that God has for us. We've been studying for several weeks on Shatter the Pattern. My discussion for today is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I'm speaking of your family tree. The apple does not fall far from the tree. But may I prophesy over you again the way that I prophesied over you on Thursday. I'm giving you a word that God spoke to me concerning you because God still has you at the forefront of his mind. You're still special. You're still important. And God has not changed his mind about you. So my my command, as it were, my my prompting as it were to you is to be faithful be faith filled have integrity maintain character don't compromise be ready steady brave and strong be ready steady brave and strong 
as we've been talking about shattering the patterns, we've learned that a pattern is something that you do over and over and over, and you do it so often that it just becomes your spontaneous response. So you just spontaneously respond that way, especially these evil patterns, which are standing in the way of our blessings. These patterns are like the big old Jericho walls that are keeping us from God's best. The pattern that you are... um, haven't shattered the pattern that you're struggling in the the pattern that you're operating in is really standing in the place of your blessing so where that pattern is you move that pattern out of the way that's where your blessing will appear the pattern doesn't belong near your blessing does every pattern that is shattered is replaced with a promise or with a blessing. We're still talking about shatter the pattern, and my discussion, of course, for today is the apple does not fall far from the tree. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture, and I have so many examples, biblical examples, I won't have time to read them all, but I'll have time to maybe touch a couple of them in Jesus' name. But I saw this scripture, and I had to read this to you because it is so good. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 in the message translation, read it this way. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons, talking about these patterns. He set us up in the kingdom of the son he loved so much, the son who got us out of the pit we were in. Got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Doesn't that sound like some patterns, some cycles, some intervals, some circles, some things that you keep on doing repetitively. The definition for insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, and every time you do it, you expect a different result. But I thank God for this scripture because it gives me the peace in knowing that Jesus delivered us. He liberated, freed, he emancipated us, redeemed us, saved us, extracted us, acquitted us, released us, and rescued us from every pattern that is within us that is robbing from us. I thank God for the third person of the Godhead, the person of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit changed my for real, for real life for the better forever. I've been a Christian for almost as long as I can remember, almost as long as I can remember. I was a child evangelist. I was always in Sunday school. I taught Sunday school. I directed the choir. I've been in the church all my life. But being in the church didn't necessarily give me the power to overcome. I needed more. I needed the person of the Holy Spirit, and he gave me a special endowment of power, listen to me, that always gets stronger and stronger. It's not just one dose of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, big on the inside of you, keeps getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger to help you to shatter patterns. The Holy Spirit authorizes and empowers you to demonstrate that dunamis power might and ability. Dunamis has reference to explosive power, might, and ability to blow to smithereens patterns that have come down your gene pool and is robbing from your life. I'm still talking about the apple does not fall far from the tree. 
grammarist says, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree is a proverb that means that a child displays the characteristics or tendencies that the parent does or has done. That child behaves in the same way as the parents do or cares about the same things that the parent cares about. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I told you several weeks ago, when you see, start seeing things in the kids, you can't whoop you out of them. You're trying to whoop you out of them. They're doing the same patterns, the same behaviors, the same attitudes that you've demonstrated. Luke chapter 3, verse 9, which has become one of my favorite passages of Scripture, says, But behold, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. The axe is laid to the root of the tree. It's not, it's not about taking the top off of the dandelion. You've got to go all the way down to the root. Every tree, therefore, that has not produced good fruit is cut down and falls into the fire. I'm still talking about shattering patterns. But I need us to get a real revelation that the apple does not fall far from the tree. John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, read this way. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear even more fruit. Let's get a revelation. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that's in me that does not bear fruit. Here's the problem. There are branches in us that are not bearing fruit and we're holding on to them instead of simply letting them go. I want to encourage you today to remove branches that don't produce life or don't produce the life that you want. The branch is going to produce life, but is that the life you want? That pattern is going to produce after its kind, but is that the life that you want? The life according to that pattern. I'm trying to get us to get to the place where we willingly and willfully shatter the pattern. Dead branches need to get cut off when they no longer bear fruit, they're robbing from the part of the tree that is bearing fruit. So the part that's not bearing fruit for me anymore, cut it off. Dead branches include bad patterns, cycles, and generational curses. I need you to get a revelation that it is time today, October the what, 9th, 2022, it's time to get rooted and grounded in an environment where you can be fruitful and your fruit will last. We should be bearing fruit perpetually, not just short bursts of seasons of bearing fruit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says, Take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. Make your thoughts obey. You don't obey your thoughts. Your thoughts obey you. 
my thoughts must match God's thoughts for my life. We got to make a decision to please God. Make a decision to please God and not please your flesh. Bessie said today, my priority in life is pleasing God. I want to please God's heart. I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Go in and rest. Instead of God saying, go on in, you barely made it. You've lived so raggedy, barely made Get in there before I change. I don't want that from God. I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Therefore, we have to sever any and every evil pattern. It's time to make pleasing God your top priority. Not pleasing people, not pleasing yourself, but making pleasing God your top priority. Here's a revelation, and I'm just shooting for the juggler when I say this. You have to stay full on the word of God. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Stay full with the comforter, advocate, teacher, counselor, helper, intercessor, strengthener, standby. Stay full in the word of God. You need to be listening to the word every single solitary day of your life. Listen to the word and read the word every single day. Stay full. Listen, so you won't be hungry for other things that are stealing from your life. When you're habitually and perpetually hungry after something that is robbing from you, there's a great big void on the inside. You are empty on the inside, and you need to feel that with the word of God, with the lessons from God, with the scriptures from God, with your praise and worship to God. When you stay on full, then you won't be hungry for things that are robbing from you. Get a revelation right here. This is a revelation. Lean forward and get this. You can live without that pattern. You can't. Come on, lean forward and get this. You can live without that thing. Whatever that thing is that is robbing from your better life, your greater, your astonishing life, the life that you desire, this robbing from your blueprint, you can live without that pattern. You can live without that cycle. Listen to me. You can live without that curse. And you can live this life right here more abundantly. Remember, abundance is not just money. Soundness of mind. You can go to sleep at night. You're not in anxiety. You're not having a panic attack. Your heart is not about to pound out of your chest. Come on, you can live this life right here more abundantly. You just got to shatter the pattern. Listen to me, I'm talking to somebody. The devil told you you couldn't live without it. The devil lied to you and told you you couldn't live without that thing. Oh, yes, you can. 
You can and you will live without that thing when you decide to shatter the pattern. I'm going to give you some Bible examples, but the scriptures are just so, I was telling Tavon today, I'm like, the word is just so good. I can't, I'm trying to cut and I can't cut because it's just delectable. Psalm number 131 stanza two in the voice translation said, one of the, uh, of one thing I am certain, my soul, which has reference to my mind, will, emotion, imagination, intellect, my soul has become calm, quiet, and contented in you. I'm calm now. I'm calm. I'm quiet and I'm contented in God like a weaned child resting upon his mother. I'm quiet. This verse, when it talks about weaned, it doesn't mean, it, does, it means after they have nursed, have you ever seen a baby a nurse and then they fall asleep? Gabby used to be smiling, nursing, and milk would just be running all down her. She would just be in a in a breast breast milk coma. She was just that is how quiet you're supposed to be. Your soul should be like the child that is so satisfied. I'm so satisfied with God. I'm so satisfied with his character. I'm so satisfied with his provision. I'm so satisfied with his healing. I'm so satisfied with his soundness of mind that I just become calm, quiet, and contented. Come on, we have to shout. The pattern. That same passage of scripture in the Good News translation says, Instead, I am content and at peace. Let me ask you a question. Where's your peace gone? Don't let patterns rob you of your peace. When you don't have peace, you get agitated. And you get annoyed. And you pull away from people. And you don't want to be bothered with people. And you get in solitude. Come on, what has happened to your peace. When I shatter patterns, I stand the word of God. I pray in the Holy Spirit. I get faithful to serve and faithful to attend. And I trust God more than I trust this pattern to satisfy me. The psalmist said, instead, I am content and at peace. As a child lies quietly in its mother's arms, so my heart is quiet within me. Here's a Pastor Andrewism. I'm satisfied, gratified, and well supplied. Satisfied, gratified, and well supplied. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So if all of these apples are right under this tree, I have to believe that this is an apple tree. Because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I thought it was kind of ironic or interesting, I'll say, that we always talk about our family tree. The family tree has deep roots and a lot of branches. 
So you go to your second cousin's niece. <laughs> you go to your great aunt, your great, great, great. It has all of these different branches, but it all comes from the same root system. So there are things that are inadvertently inherited from the previous generation, patterns that were not shattered in the other generation. Now, it doesn't have to be that exact problem, but it's an offshoot or a branch of the problem. Do you follow what I'm saying? So it may have started off with promiscuity. Then a branch of that will be perverted into pornography or incest or whatever the case may be. It's the same spirit but a different branch. And it's rooted all in our family tree. So I read this scripture and it really made sense to me. And I want you to just hold on, hold on to it for a minute and then I'll qualify what I'm saying. Jesus said it this way. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. In the Passion Translation, it says, a fragmented household will not be able to stand because it is divided. Now, when we look at that word, dividing, the house can't stand if it's divided. But if all of this stuff is in there, I don't want that to stand. Remember, we cut off the branches. We cut off the part that does not bear good fruit. So I've got to look at my family tree, and we all have great families, but we all got some stuff. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That needs to be cut off because anything that is not providing for the life that I want, I got to cut it off. I got to prune it away. Am I making faith to anybody? So if I divide these branches off of here, then that gambling tree can't stand. That lying tree can't stand. That crooked tree can't stand. Am I making faith to anybody? I cut off, I divide it off because I don't want that listed in my children's children's children. Now, we love our people, but some stuff has to be cut off. Okay, I'm going to say it and nobody get mad at me. Don't have them kids sitting at Thanksgiving dinner with the same man that been touching on them. choke down that dry turkey. It was dry anyway. And they got to sit across at the same table with somebody that violated them. Because you're talking about blood is sticking in water. No! My mind, my life, my family, is greater than that foolishness. So that kind of tree right there, I don't want that standing. Okay, it's not popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. It is a shame for the same great uncle that molested your mother 
and molested you to molest your child. Why? You didn't divide that. You didn't cut that off. Cut it off so that will not, y'all don't get mad at me, so that that cannot be named in my children's, children's, children. Come on, come on, come on. You can love them from afar, but you're not about to be around my kids and my grandkids. And I know what you did to me. Oh, no, 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 no. A house divided cannot stand. And the reason why that stuff is all in them hidden secrets and them toxic secrets in there, because we be talking about, shh, don't be telling family business. Skip that. Cut it off. Cut the tree off. Divide it so that it cannot stand. Everybody not going to like it, but I had to say it anyway. This passion talked about fragmented means split it. Cut it off. Cut the branches off. Cut it asunder. There is a reft, R-E-F-T, which means there are perforations and cracks. You know, when something is perforated, you could just break it on off. This thing been perforated for years, and y'all still hanging on by one little piece of perforation when that should have been cut off. Come on. It is unfortunate for people to have to sit in the face of the perpetrator at Thanksgiving because we don't tell family business. Somebody said, not this year. This is where we have to cause, cause these. Remember, any branch that's not producing the fruit in my life, I get to cut it off. Come on. I didn't say punch nobody in the nose. I didn't say shoot nobody or fight anybody. I just said cut it off. That doesn't, that doesn't produce the life that I want. Come on, and I have a right to cut it off. I have a right. Listen to me. I have a right to redefine any relationship that is not producing for me. I don't have to be mad at you. I don't have to cuss you off. I don't have to nothing. I get to redefine that relationship. I get to say, you'll never be in a room with my children by yourself. You'll never be around my granddaughter by yourself. Never. I get to redefine those relationships. Therefore, these little rifts and these cracks and perforations should crumble, be crushed, and collapse. Am I making faith? Can I give you some examples in the Bible where we see how these patterns keep going down? Remember, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So remember the seven sons of Sceva? The seven sons of Sceva, I'll read it in Acts chapter 19 in the message. It reads it very well. I like the message because it's kind of story readable that way. So it says, God did powerful things through Paul, things quite out of the ordinary. The word got around and people started making, taking pieces of clothing and handkerchiefs and scarves and the like that it touched Paul's skin and then touching the sick with them. The touch did it. They were healed and whole. Some itinerant Jewish exorcist, itinerant Jewish exorcist, who happened to be in town at that time, tried their hand at what they assumed Paul's was Paul's game. Because it was a game to them, they assumed it was a game to Paul. 
They pronounced the name of the master Jesus over victims of evil spirits saying, I command you by Jesus, preach by, you know, the one by Paul because there was a lot of Jesus. So because he didn't know, they didn't know Jesus personally, they said, I'm not talking about just any, I'm talking the one, same one that Paul is talking about. He didn't have a relationship. No relationship. Bunch of fakery. Listen to me. And then the seven sons of a certain Sceva, this is how the message reads it, I like it. The, the seven sons of a certain Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were trying to do this on a man when the ir- evil spirit talked back. Okay, you playing with demons if you want to. This one talked back and said, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Then the possessed man went berserk, jumped the exorcist, beat them up, tore their clothes off, naked and bloody. They got away as best they could. It was soon news all over Ephesus among the Jews and the Greeks. The realization spread that God was in and behind this. And curiosity about Paul developed into reverence for the master Jesus. Many of those Many of those who thus believed, many of those who thus believed, they heard and they believed. They heard, they saw, and they believed. Listen to what happened. They, stopped, uh, they stepped out into the light to make a clean break with their secret sorceries. A clean break. Sound like they were shattering some patterns. Listen to this. All kind of witches and warlocks came out of the woodwork with their books of spells and incantations and made a huge bonfire of them. Someone estimated they're worth at 50,000 silver coins. They shattered the pattern. They saw that this was God. They saw the difference between the one that was fake and the one that was real. The one that was fake and the one that was real. The one that was fake and the one that was real. And they attributed all of the healing power to the almighty God. So they came out of the woodworks. And not only did they come out, they brought all of their stuff. They brought all the paraphernalia. They brought all of the books all of the spells, all of the incantations, and they made a bonfire out of all of it. They burned it up. In Pastor Andrea's vernacular, they kept no tokens, trinkets, or trophies. In such ways, it became evident that the word of the master was now sovereign and prevailed in Ephesus. Skiva started off as a Jew. He started off the right way, a Jewish high priest. Listen to me. Skiva left the things of God, and he began to serve pagan gods. He began to serve the high priest Artemis. He became a high priest under Artemis. Can you understand that? You left the things of God, and now you're operating as a high priest because you want notoriety and importance? Now you're operating under a pagan God? So I learned from Pastor Rick Renner that Skiva isn't even a name. (laughs) It's not a Jewish name. It's not a Greek name. Skiva is a job description. 
Skeva means a person that's mean, petty, corrupt, unprincipled, reprobate, degenerate, or in Pastor Andrea's terms, a crook, cheat, and a creep. So he started off the right way, but because he wouldn't shatter patterns, he became mean, petty, corrupt, unprincipled, reprobate, and degenerate. He became a crook, a cheat, and a creep, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So all seven of his sons followed suit, being crooks, cheats, and creeps. Dr. Claude Mariotini, professor of the Old Testament, said this, a family with seven sons was considered the ideal family in Israel. A man with seven sons was a father whom God had richly blessed. A father with so many sons could be called blessed by everybody in his community because the sons would support him in his old age, and he was assured that his name would continue in Israel. But he led his seven sons that God blessed him with, he led them the wrong way. So that now they were orchestrating situations and they would they would make up scenarios to where they would act like they were casting the devil out of people. They would charge them money and then because they were in cahoots with the demon anyway, the demon would be pacified for a few days then the demon would really reappear because, remember, he didn't go nowhere. Then they got to charge the people again and again and again and again. But then they saw the same miracles happening through Paul in the name of Jesus, and the demon had to leave, and they didn't have to pay for it. So they said, this man is taking our, pro- our, our, our popularity and taking our prosperity, so let's do the same thing that he's doing. Demon come out in the name of Jesus, the one that Paul is talking about. And that demon swung around like, hold up, wait a minute. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? They couldn't even answer the question. They didn't know who they were because the dad didn't know who he was. So the dad and all the seven sons were now lost. And this is what a demon does to somebody that's lost. It said that the demon jumped them off. One man with one demon jumped seven sons. Beat them all up. Stripped them all naked. This is one man. He beat them up and stripped them naked. And they ran off the best that they could. Naked and bloody. The apple is not far from the tree. The same patterns that we don't break in our generation, they're going on to the next generation. They don't have to stop unless you stop them. I'm out of time, but let me give you a half a piece of the next one. I wanted to talk about Rahab. Remember we talked about the the Jericho walls and they were supposed to, when the walls fell down, take everything, kill everything. But only one person, they said, don't don't take Rahab, the harlot. Don't take her. We're going to save Rahab and we're going to save her whole family. So they were the only people in Jericho that came out before they plundered Jericho. 
Now, Rahab was known as a shady lady. She was a harlot. She was a, a hooker. She was what was known as a hussy. She was a prostitute. But before we start dogging her, God love everybody. And nobody grows up and says, ooh, one day I want to be a prostitute. Something had to have happened to that girl. And oftentimes in that society, if the family was very much in debt, they would take the daughter and sell her and they can have their way with her in order to get the family out of debt. Nobody asked for that. There are a lot of things that happen to us that's not our fault. So I'm going to take the position that it may not have even been Rahab's fault because her whole mind was, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help the spies, but when y'all come, because I believe in your God, protect me and my family. She didn't even say, just protect me, me and my family. And they told her, everybody that was in her house would be preserved. Now she started off a harlot, remember? She started off a prostitute. But she had a heart that just believed God. I know she probably felt unworthy for God to even bless her. But God is in the blessing business. God doesn't see denominations. God sees faith. Am I making faith to anybody? So this is what I love about this particular story because the, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. She shattered that pattern. When she shattered that pattern, her whole family, the pattern that she shattered went back and got her mama and her daddy. It went lateral to get her sisters and her brothers and it went ahead of her. Remember I told you it's bigger in front? It went before her to a son that she didn't even have yet. And guess what her son's name is? Boaz. Everybody talking about Boaz. Boaz meaning priest, protector, and provider. Boaz became a great man of wealth, a warrior, a man of great influence, a high social standing person, pillar in the community. He has gone down in history as the Kingsman Redeemer. <clears throat> which means his responsibility was to act on behalf of somebody else who was in trouble or in need. That sounds like what the mama did, didn't, didn't she? She didn't just act on behalf of herself. She acted on behalf of her family that was in trouble. So she shattered that pattern but now a whole nother pattern is being established. Now, with devotion and adoration and great generosity, Boaz became Ruth's priest, protector, and provider. Now there's a new pattern. He became the father of Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. The Lord is my shepherd, that David. But his great-grandmama was a harlot. She shattered 
that pattern. They were of the house of the lineage of Judah, which is why David became a great worshiper. And listen, listen, listen. The forefather of Jesus. You mean to tell me a prostitute was in Jesus' lineage? Yeah, but that branch that wasn't producing got cut off. That part that, that wasn't going to give me the life that I wanted, that part got cut off. The tree is still good. But the parts that don't serve me well, I cut that off. And Jesus became our great redeemer. Acting on behalf of us that couldn't act on ourselves. He willingly laid his life down and picked his life up and arose with all power in heaven and earth and gave gifts unto men. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Listen to me. I get to cut off the branches, the part. I get to divide from the parts that don't serve me and don't serve my family well. And I stand strong with the roots of the parts that do serve me well so that the blessings of God go all the way down to a thousand generations. I want you to come back on Thursday. I want to pick up on some more examples. You're going to be amazed. But today, I've talked to you concerning the apple does not fall far from the tree. Every head I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.